0: Just like I said, we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, Associate Editor at the KC Soccer Journal, and I'm going to take you a little more in-depth. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, The Rocket, Sheena Smith, who gives us that more casual perspective. Sheena, what's up?
1: Hey, Chad. Not much. What's up with you?
0: Not much at all. Just, you know, getting ready to do a podcast (laughs) with you and whatnot. Do you know who The Rocket is? Are you familiar with this nickname? It's I'm old. only
1: aware of the I'm only aware of the Rocket Man by Elton John the song oh, Rocket Man
0: okay uh, <laughs> that would have been fun to come out with but the WWF was very cheap back in those days so this was Owen Hart um, you might know Owen or Bret Hart and you know the Hart oh, family you yeah, famous Yeah so. I've
1: heard of Bret Hart
0: Yeah this was uh, the younger version of Owen Hart when he was the Rocket anyways Soccer stuff. So on today's show, Sporting Kansas City make a couple of signings. Gadi Kenda is almost certainly gone. There is a bad change, in my opinion. We'll get deeper into it about the U.S. Open Cup. MLS has announced some rule changes. The Kansas City Current made a few signings and a big trade. And then we got a bonus mailbag question that we missed last week. Apologies to that person. And, of course, the digital crawl. But Sheena, I didn't ask you. I assume you have other nonsensical things that are not soccer related you'd like to talk about
1: uh sure uh today we went to Union Station and the Crown Center. I don't think I ever called that I think is that what it's called the plaza Crown Plaza
0: I don't yeah, know I never say it, it right and Center was right and then you put you always um, want to put plaza and the plaza is a different place i
1: I know, you know I do go to the
0: plaza so. I
1: know, <laughs> but um in my head, it should be called the Crown Point Plaza or the Crown Plaza Point. I don't know. I always do want to put the plaza in there, but we went and had some fun Christmas times today. Uh, so would our that, was nice. agree it that was nice. It was fun. Yeah. It was a really good Christmas. She gorgeous would, she day would agree that it was fun. Our daughter oh, would agree that she had fun. I, I think she'd say it was fine, just like <laughs> you. It takes a lot for her to be impressed with something.
0: Yeah, that's fair. You know what she was pretty impressed with since we're talking nonsense. I got a lightsaber <laughs> in the mail for no good reason whatsoever. It's Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. And I said, Sheena, I might just wrap it and put it under the tree so you can be surprised too. And then Sheena was so upset about a surprise that wasn't even for her that she did not care about <laughs> that she like made me open it right away. Because I, I kind of just Christmas shop for myself. I don't ask anybody for anything because I'm just, you know, I'm an adult. I buy what I want within reason. <laughs> so, uh, But I loved it. My daughter loved it. We both ood and ood over the sounds it makes, and it looks so nice, and it's got such a nice weight to it. Oh, it's great.
1: And it's also your third lightsaber, because you built two at Disneyland earlier this year. To be fair. So there's that.
0: To be fair, she built one. Thank you. Okay. okay. You mm-hmm. each
1: built one. Okay. But we now I have three we lightsabers.
0: Ba- I don't know if we we're ever going back again. I had to do it when it made sense. It made sense.
1: Obviously, we're going to go back. You don't have to ask me more than once if I want to go to Disneyland. If you're like, let's go to Disneyland, I may be like, yeah, let's do that. Even though it's stupid expensive, I would spend the money to go. I had a great time.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to sneak a question to the podcast a little later here about the wishes you have for the schedule, and that'll tie perfectly into your desire to plan vacations. So we'll, we'll, break, we'll come back to the subject here in a bit. But before we get into the podcast uh. itself, I just want to sh- remind you all, if you could kindly, please go rate and review the podcast if you want to give it five stars. If you don't. So you don't have to review it. Just you know, hit me up on Twitter at Play for ninety. Give me that constructive criticism. I can handle it. On Spotify, you can give five stars through the app, and on Apple Podcasts, you can do the five star rating as well as write a little review. And just a reminder too: if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support us, you can do that at the description in the link of the podcast or the link in the description. That makes more sense. (laughs) For as little as ninety nine cents, no obligation. Of course, we're having a good time, but it's just uh, we'll take your support. You know, it's it's the giving the holiday season. You know, again, give to charity first, and then we'll take your second gives. So on to the show, Sheena, we had two signings this week. We signed 24-year-old Canadian slash Belgium left back, Zorhan Basang, and 20-year-old Honduran Alenis Vargas. So you wanted to go first and talk about these players because you said you, quote, did some research? (laughs)
1: Well, I did very minimal research. I did casual research since I am the casual fan here. So
0: if it's casual, does that mean I'm going to find out like how many, uh, if they're married, if they have children, like what kind of casual (laughs) are we talking here? Or is it like actually soccer related?
1: Uh, Why don't we just go through it and you can see, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed by what little I have, but who do you want to start with?
0: Let's go with the chronological order here. Basong was the first signing towards the beginning of the week.
1: Okay. So he is 24 years old, he's 5'11. He plays left back. Uh, Like you said, he's a Belgian, but he is a Canadian soccer player. He was born in Toronto and at the age of three moved to Montreal where he started to play youth soccer. And then the only other thing I had on him, I didn't like go through social media to find out those fun little stats you may have thought I was going to give you, but he played in the 2021-22 season on CF Montreal. He had 25 appearances between the two seasons, and I saw he had zero goals, which I guess maybe for his position makes a little sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a left back, and yeah. if you look at Logan and, and Denbe's numbers, he had zero goals too until the playoffs, which don't show up on the stats you were probably looking at. So, and I, well, Montreal didn't make the playoffs in 2021. I know yeah. that. They were terrible. So,
1: I was going to say he, they were terrible uh, the years he was on the team, I think.
0: Yep. Actually, they were pretty darn good in 2022 when he was on the team, but he didn't play. He only played 181 hmm. minutes that year. He played 1,248 minutes the year that they were bad. So I don't know if we want to put, I don't know how much of that is on Mr. Zoran Basang over here. If he's got any faults on some of these goals, I'm sure he does, right? Like everybody makes mistakes and goals happen, but uh, it it's probably why he was available and why he had pinged around from team to team since Montreal.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I really couldn't find a lot on him. Maybe part of it is he's still kind of young, but I wasn't overly like impressed with him. But maybe it's just because he hasn't played consistently. So I don't feel like his stats are like, wow, I'm so excited about him. I did say when I saw the signing, wow, we got like a kind of young guy, like we're not signing old guys. So I guess that's a plus.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. I I'm not thrilled by it. I'll give you all a little more insight into Zorhan here. I just wanna say like do do you remember the that Adam Sandler movie, like don't mess with the Zohan. I just keep thinking of that when I say Zohan every time. <laughs> don't mess with the Zohan. Maybe somebody can make a chant about that if he uh, if he gets on the field. Oh, but I okay. He, he probably won't get on the field much as long as Tim Leibold is healthy. So maybe he will get on the field a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Leibold missed a lot of time last year. But he's only signed on a one-year contract with two option years, 25 and 26. So the team can basically part ways with him after this year. He, I'm looking at him as a replacement for Ndenbe. I think it's pretty obvious. For me he said they needed a left back for that very reason. He's occupying an international roster spot. So that is kind of intriguing that both of their left backs are on international roster spots, using up some space there. Uh, sporting are pretty good about getting green cards, so I don't think it's too big of a concern. Uh, Daniel Sperry of the KC Star reports that he's going to be on a supplemental roster. That's a really nerdy terminology here. But basically, the first 20 Spots on the roster are called senior roster spots, and they count towards the salary cap. The last spots, they do not count against the salary cap. So you will have just those 10 players. I mean, they make whatever they make within the rules of those 10 spots. But it doesn't really hurt sporting's flexibility in terms of making more moves. So I think that's pretty important. And then is uh you kind of hit all the other stats that i had uh the the main stint of his career where he played quite a bit was in france when he was really young he was playing in like Ligue two or league 2 probably in france i don't know i don't speak french uh he spent some time in belgium and then he was on a couple of romanian teams in the last year and then now here he is back in mls i suspect he could be you know hopefully not needed too much if he is needed then that could be an issue uh sheen i have a question for you about this so he's 24 uh natty clark just signed with skc2 he's 18 i believe maybe he's about to turn 19 and uh, i had kind of floated him as an idea of maybe he should be the the next left back i don't know if they want to give natty more time to develop and they just kind of know that if zorhan isn't doing well when in is back they could just cut zorhan and be- go back to Indembe and libeled and just kind of have that as your left back pairing you don't really want to have three players playing the same position when it's left back or right back things like that so maybe that's all it's going to happen he's going to get a chance if he's impressive he can stick around if he's not he'll be gone you know before the season's over or at the worst at the end of the year what was your
1: question for me
0: oh like what did you think about them signing the <gasps> song versus clark i don't know if i actually said oh, those words that was yeah <laughs> you didn't Sorry.
1: Yeah, you just started talking. I was like, wait, I don't hear a question. I, you know, in the last episode, Natty Clark was the one player I thought would be good for sporting Kansas City. So it is a little disappointing, but I understand based on the logic you just gave, why maybe he's not, he didn't get signed to SKC, um, but hopefully, he can develop more under SKC, too. And then maybe next season, they can reconsider and give him a starting contract.
0: Yeah, I'm still kind of holding out hope that Ndenbe will come back, be amazingly impressive, and then get Me sold too. for a few million dollars. And then oh. that will make... The, well, you, you don't like the selling part. I knew you didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want I him to be sold. He's still... He's still so young with these young guys. That's kind of the purpose of these U22 slots. Either sign a guy that's going to be a 10 year starter, which I don't think that that's what most of the guys at that age want to do is hang out in MLS for a decade, but sell them on, make money off of them. And then Clark could come up and it could be Clark. You know, backing up Leibold at that point once he's had more time to develop. I'm already writing off Zohan Basong, Zohan who just arrived at the team, so <laughs> I hope he's good. I don't take it personally. I don't know anything about the guy uh, other than yeah. you know, he's, he's kind of pinged around from league to league. I want to throw out one other name that I was hoping Sporting would consider. Uh, you, you might not know this name, Isaiah LaFleur. He had been on the SKC Academy before, and I was hoping he would get signed to a professional contract. This was a couple of years ago, and then he, he didn't. He ended up deciding he wanted to go over overseas he spent a little time i think at porto b which is a, a portugal team a really good portugal team but that's their second team then he ended up back in the states with houston and i think he was on dynamo two last year and now he signed for the philadelphia union who are kind of known for developing young talent he seemed very promising to me he's just a couple of years older than clark i thought oh that'd be a good signing to have come in and be that a temporary left back but well, who knows maybe Maybe bridges were burned when he left. Maybe feelings were hurt. I'm not really sure what happened when he left the team. But that was a name that I had in the, in the back of my mind. And he signed this week with Philly, kind of right around the Zorhan signing.
1: Huh, that makes me wonder if they maybe were looking at him and then he signed with the Union and or they yeah. knew he was going to.
0: Yeah, that could be. It's possible. So you mentioned Sporting KC2. I think this is a good transition point. Let's talk about the other signing. It is Alenis Vargas. He is a 20-year-old Honduran. Before I give away too many stats and kill Sheena's research, (laughs) Sheena, what else do we know about Mr. Vargas?
1: Yeah. So like you said, he's 20 years old. He actually just turned 20 on December 4th. So he was born in 2003, just in... Yeah, just to make us feel old. He was born in two thousand three. Uh, he's six one. He plays forward, uh, and then the rest of what I have is just some stats from when he was on SKC two last year. So he played twenty one games, or that comes out to one thousand one hundred and ninety six minutes. He had thirteen starts. He scored six goals, and then something I found fun: two of his goals were left footed, and four were right footed, which uh, means he had a fifteen percent conversion rate. So that's all I really had on him.
0: All right. Yeah, I don't I don't have a ton more statistically, but I will add some kind of context to the signing. He's a forward. He does play winger and striker. He was mostly a winger for the team when he first arrived. But then there were a lot of injuries at striker and he ended up being the center forward and actually scoring quite a bit of his goals from that position. But he's pretty dynamic out wide. He looked very exciting. He is also going to be on the supplemental roster, according to Daniel Sperry. So Sperry doing all the work out there, figuring out these weird roster things. So again, doesn't hurt Sporting's flexibility. However, unlike Zorhan, who's on a one-year deal, he's on a three-year guaranteed contract through 2026 with an option for 2027. So he had played in Costa Rica before coming on loan to SKC2. And then he is from Honduras. So he's actually from San Pedro Sula, which is, you know, Roger Espinoza is from Honduras. He's a Honduran. So somebody, I can't remember who said it online. Somebody said, sporting always has to have a Honduran on the team. So with Roger gone, they got to <laughs> get a Linus in there. So he's his spiritual successor. They are nothing like each other. Uh, Vargas is incredibly fast. As you heard, he was tall. Uh, he's going to also occupy an international roster spot, which is an interesting kind of twist, but he's somebody, if you've been listening to this podcast, I've been throwing his name out a lot. I've thrown him out. I think last week's episode I said when we asked that question yeah. about who from the twos would I want to bring up. Vargas is one of the guys I wanted. I said it when we kind of wrapped up SKC's twos season. He missed their lone playoff game because he got injured right towards the end of the season, but he is fast, which I'm very excited to see some speed brought to this front line because there, besides maybe Agata and Shelton, there's not a lot of speed out there on the team. As far as I'm thinking, Vargas could be the first winger off the bench behind Russell and Shallowee. I really liked him with the twos. We'll see if, how he does in practice. I had said on this podcast, actually, that he had still been training with the team, and there you go. Probably was training with the team because he was going to get signed.
1: I hope that he gets to play. I hope that if it turns out that uh, like Russell needs to come off, I hope he is the sub. I hope it's not Shelton. And we know that Peter Vermes Likes to play the people he trusts, so I just wonder how quickly Vargas can earn Peter Vermees' trust, especially being so young. Yeah, I, I hope fear that he gets it's his gonna be a, Yeah, I fear it's gonna be a Jake Davis situation where he doesn't get a chance until somebody gets hurt. It's or somebody's, I think it depends on the- several people.
0: Yeah, I am still holding out hope that uh, Shelton gets his contract bought out, and we free up that six hundred plus thousand yeah. dollars for a- other roster moves. Why are you friend- You're looking crazy. at me like that?
1: You know that's not going to happen. You know that he is here. Like they are not going to get rid of his contract. That's just a wishful thinking on your part. That is not even a reality.
0: I agree that you are right, but I still can wish it. That's what wishes are, right? I can wish for anything I want every time I blow out my candles. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. That would be really mean if I was like, "What did you wish for on your birthday?" Uh, that <laughs> Kyrie Shelton's contract gets bought out, supporting K.C. six hundred thousand dollars more in flexibility for their roster spend. Oh <laughs> like, my god. <laughs> uh, that is a
1: nerdy wish, okay. and the fact that you just even thought about that is nerdy. <laughs>
0: It just popped into my mind. That's how my brain works. It's very <laughs> erratic up here. So I want to talk about kind of some <laughs> roster stuff with these signings here, and we'll, we'll get back to the subject at hand. So I said international roster spots mostly or always MLS teams have eight spots, but sporting have already traded one away. They traded one away to Nashville last year, uh, which ironically, Nashville retraded <laughs> already. Nashville's so weird. They always trade their international spots, but they needed one to, fi- to sign uh, Sam Surridge last year. But sporting have already filled. All seven of their international spots uh, Agata, Voliter, Radoya, Libald, Rosero, Basong, and Vargas. However, I suspect that some of those guys got green cards. Uh, Volader was the only U22 guy that didn't get a green card already, like the other two had already picked up theirs. Leibold, Rodoya, Rosero all just joined last year. And then Agata, of course, a season and a half of him. So hopefully a few of those names fall off the list because sporting have four roster spots left that they can fill. One of those spots is a designated player spot, and you would want to be able to go international, potentially, to make that designated player signing. You don't have to. You could get some elite American to come in and fill it, but that's not the the most likely thing to happen
1: i wonder if uh was a voladaire one of the names you said i think is so right yep. yep yeah i wonder if he hasn't got his yet because he's gonna be traded
0: i don't think that has anything to do with it i think it has to do partially with the u.s government and partially with the government of the country you come from so that said tommy got oh. his green card and voladaire didn't and tommy's been here less than voladaire so i don't know maybe who knows and they're from <laughs> I know the sometimes- same country Oh, yeah. They're both from Germany. Yeah. Sorry. That wasn't clear. okay. Oh, and so is Leibold. He's German as well. Oh.
1: See, I'm telling you, there's something there. I'm calling it. So maybe it's
0: the German German government. We got to get in touch with somebody over there, the consulate or something. I don't know how that works. (laughs) The the embassy. I don't know.
1: Maybe it got cleared and they're just not saying it because he's going to be traded or sold or something.
0: Hmm, Good point. Now, it also could have got cleared because there used to be a rule, and this rule is going to change. We'll get to that in a little bit. There used to be a rule, you had to have your green cards in place before the roster freeze deadline, which is usually the night before the season starts, like the Friday before the season starts. So any of those first five people I mentioned could have gotten green cards in the last year, and they would then not count as internationals for the 2024 season. So that stuff will be announced probably closer to time or They'll just announce it as they need to, like, oh, a finding was made. We also got a green card for such and such. There's no real need to announce it right now. It probably keeps sporting to have some leverage to trade like their international spots to other teams. If they act like they don't have a lot of them left, they can pretend they have a create a create a demand, right, by a lack of supply. So I don't I don't know. We'll we'll see more. But it's something that's going to play into the roster build. You've got to fill those last four spots. Well, if they're going to fill them at all. But they're, they're going to probably make at least one big signing, I would think, either before the season starts or before the summer transfer window is over. And you'd hope it'd be a designated player because this brings me to my very next point. Gaudi Kinda is quote extremely unlikely to return, end quote, according to Paul Tenorio and Tom Boger. MLS Insider both they both work for the athletic and they both said that with sporting Kansas City and Gotti are currently quote inactive. So it sounds like Gotti is gone. Going back to last week's episode, I'm blaming you Sheena for not willing <laughs> to bring up his contract option a month ago when we played sporting director. No, I'm sure it has a yes. lot more to do a war in Israel and Gaza and all all of the complications of you know being a, a, a Jewish person in the world and not probably wanting to be closer to your family and you're you're so far away from everybody. So I know his wife is from over there as well. And that's gotta be tough being halfway around the world when there's a war going on when you probably have friends and family that are impacted by it.
1: Okay, so I have a couple questions. One, does his did his wife move here when he moved here or is she still over in israel yeah, I
0: believe, i'm i'm actually i'm positive she's here because i've seen pictures of them okay. like, carrying their baby and stuff remember he had a baby this year and oh like, carrying yeah, your baby right. into games and things like that and so yeah i know she's here i've seen like things on her social media and stuff yes i follow Gotti's wife's social media i know such <laughs> a paper anyways what was your other question
1: My other question is, do you know if he's already back in Israel or is he trying to sign with another MLS team? Do you know anything about that?
0: Yeah, good question. So I don't know how that would work exactly because he is out of contract, but he's not a free agent. So I don't remember the rules are so complicated in mls i don't know that another mls team could sign him last i saw from his social media he's in miami like this last week so uh i don't think he's gonna sign with messi if you're wondering him and messi play the same position so i don't think they have the kind of money to bring him on board as well but i am not sure we'll see i bet he ends up in europe somewhere who knows maybe soccer football is not his priority right now and maybe he's not gonna sign right away maybe he's gonna get settled figure out what's going on in the world and then Maybe look to sign in the summer with, because, you know, it's off season is the summer for most of the teams in Europe.
1: Yeah. So, one more question. Has, oh, what was my question? Has he come out and said anything about like wanting to be closer to home or you're just making these assumptions? our guesses. Just
0: making, making the assumptions, making the guesses. Yeah, I haven't seen any public okay. statements from him about this, but just all the private talking. Oh, to give Sperry a shout to, he said he can confirm the reporting from Tenario and Bogert that, the, that it's extremely unlikely. So it sounds like he's gone. That's what everybody's kind of inferring. I was listening to the Home and Away podcast, which I recommend if you're into the deeper tactical dive. Uh, Sheena and I disagree on the quality of that podcast. I really enjoy it because they go really deep. I learn a lot about how the, the game is played. Some of the stuff I can't even comprehend because my brain is just, I'm just not very smart, frankly. But uh, they were talking about how his family is actually from the region where kind of the raids happened from Hamas, where they entered into Israel and took captives and, and shot people at the, the concert venue and all that stuff. So I, I have to imagine, you know, he knows people that were affected, whether it was that they were hurt or, or whatnot, I don't know. But uh, I have to imagine it being so close to where he's from has an impact on him.
1: For sure. I don't know me personally that I'd want to go back to it, but that's me. And I don't have a problem with that podcast. It's just I'm too casual of a fan. So it has nothing to do with them. I don't want it to sound like I don't like them. I think I've only heard them when you listen to them and I'm in the same room as you and it's just too nerdy for me. That's all.
0: (laughs) I'm sure they're great people.
1: I'm, I'm sure it's a wonderful podcast if you're into the the nitty gritty, but as a casual fan, not for me. Yeah,
0: I recommend check it out. I, it's funny. Remember, if you all were listening to this, our podcast last year, when we were just beginning, Sheena went through and like, listened to all the other Sporting Kansas City podcasts out there and kind of ranked them. And what's funny is the ones she liked the most were all just like these really casual takes. And I was like, yeah, I can't <laughs> listen to them because they don't teach me anything. Like they're just saying stuff I know, or in some cases, like just like everybody, uh, they'll make mistakes and I'll go, wow, well, that's not right. But like I, you know, it's like I got to let it go. Oh, speaking of not right, that's a really good transition point. I think on last week's podcast, I said Sporting Kansas City could potentially buy Eric Tommy's contract down and sign two designated players this offseason. And while technically that is true, you are allowed to do that. It doesn't look like they have the budgetary space to do that uh, drew who's one of the hosts of the home and away i convinced him to write an article for the kc soccer journal i encourage you all to go listen to it and I'll, I'll throw it in the the notes here but he broke down kind of how that works in terms of like what where's the flexibility at there's some guessing involved because there's some things we don't know we don't like Alenis vargas he had a transfer fee because they bought him from the team that he played for in costa rica i want to say and he we don't know what, how much that is. We don't know how he's still in the supplemental roster if he had a transfer fee. We're like, maybe it's incredibly small. Like, I don't know how the rules are. Maybe SKC2 played the fee to circumvent some rules. I don't, I don't know how it works. But whatever it is, the team basically can sign one designated player, and then they have a few hundred thousand dollars left to fill their other spots. So they don't, they're going to basically be able to make one big move unless they make some trades, buy out a contract, something like that. All right, Sheena, any other thoughts about Gotti kind before we switch gears away from sporting specificity to some MLS topics, about, uh, widely speaking here?
1: The only other thing I was going to say on Gotti kind is I hope he finds another team. I hope his family and his friends are okay. And it was nothing personal on why I didn't bring him back a month ago when I was the sporting director. I just haven't been overly impressed with him. And I, I think I'm in the minority with that. But I wish him. Yeah, I wish him all the success going forward.
0: Me as well. And maybe you never know, he might be one of those guys that comes back in a few years, right? Maybe he wants to be closer to family. But then as situation and things in the world change, maybe he wants to come back and, you know, play a little later on. That said he'll be older by then and sporting already has a problem with being old so maybe that's not the best move i think he's still 29 right now so it's kind of a kind of a bummer to see him go when he's right in his prime cuz you know this team could use more players in their prime
1: well they better get another player to replace him who's in their prime
0: if you think about it, they got Gaudi when he was twenty-five. So they were trying to do that. And then, you know, he's he's moving on now. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Let's talk yeah. MLS rules. Actually, before I get into the rules, something that came out after the rule announcement that kinda has everybody rightfully in a tizzy is Major League Soccer announced that their MLS clubs will not participate in the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. Instead, they're going to send their MLS Next Pro teams into the competition. Uh, If you've been a follower of the Open Cup, you'll know that the two teams have not been allowed to compete in the past because they could end up playing their senior team and the complications around that. So instead, now it'll be the two teams playing and not the senior team. Uh, I did talk to Sporting KC2, like their PR staff, and confirmed that players can still be loaned down from the first team. So think of your Ozzy Cisneros, Danny Flores, Felipe Hernandez, guys like that that have been going on loan, a Afrifa. They could still be put on loan down to that team and play for them. But they said, don't expect Johnny Russell or Alan Pulido or anybody to be loaned down, which I think we all kind of knew once they announced this rule. So this announcement means that there will be a non-MLS team, at least not a first division MLS team, winning the U.S. Open Cup for the first time since 1999 when the Rochester Rhinos won that. Um, So Sheena, thoughts?
1: I have a couple different thoughts about it. I think that it's kind of unfortunate I saw somebody's Take on Twitter that I kind of agree with. Uh, I must, like, you must have followed them when you were running the For the Glory Casey Twitter page. It's a Phoenix Rising fan. And because we used to live in Phoenix, I think of all the like markets that don't have an MLS team and like how exciting it would have been. I don't remember Phoenix Rising going to a Phoenix Rising game where they played an MLS team outside of preseason, but. I, I think those opportunities are just kind of unfortunate. They're not going to be happening anymore. I guess it's fine that the MLS pro teams are going, but it's not the same. And part of me, in the back of my mind, can't help but wonder, like, are they doing this so Messi isn't playing like the Tulsa Athletic or, you know, playing on like a high school field or something like that? I just I think it's a it's an interesting competition. I know there's a lot of history behind it. And we've won some of those open cups as um, sport or Sporting Kansas City, not us personally. So I think it it's just kind of an unfortunate thing, but maybe it will prevent you know some players from not getting injured because they're not playing as many minutes. But overall, I I think it's a bad decision by MLS. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I hate it. I I love the competition where you get to see these lower division teams have a chance to come upset the big teams. Something that's been kind of a bummer for Sporting Kansas City in this competition over the years is we haven't always gotten to play those lower division teams. The last couple of seasons we have, we got to play Tulsa Athletic. We got to see them play Union Omaha a couple of years ago, and they beat those teams. But was that not the biggest game of those teams' lives, getting to play Sporting Kansas City, this big like yeah. team in their region that's geographically near them? I've always thought they could do the tournament in a different way. My my open like kind of the thing I was thinking about the Open Cup was that why stop the MLS teams from being in there already in the opening rounds of the Open Cup? Some MLS teams don't play their first team players, right? Or they play a lot of backups and they bring guys up on loan. Think of when sporting played the tulsa athletic they did play some stars because they were struggling really bad and they hadn't won any games they were trying to break out of a funk but in the past it's not uncommon even against houston when we ended up losing and getting eliminated we played a bunch of backups steven afrifa started at striker he's the third on the depth chart you know and you get ethan bryan into a couple of games jake davis got his first start at right back because of the u.s open cup would we not, would we have jake davis that we are all in love with and basically his success ushered Graham Zusi out the door like this. None of this would have probably happened if Davis doesn't get on the field and be impressive in that game. So I'm bummed for that perspective. There'll be still some guys getting loaned down, getting that with the twos. But oh, I don't I don't know. Why not just let the first teams be in there? And then if they don't want to take the competition seriously, they don't want to put Messi in a game like that. They want to give teams rest, whatever it is. Then play your backups. Play your kids up on loan from your academy or the twos. But. Don't force it to be like, you can't play your first team in this competition.
1: Yeah. Or giving MLS teams the option to opt in into it. So like if you don't want to be in the competition, you don't have to. But I bet there's some teams that would want to just because of, I don't know. I always like seeing um, not necessarily like sporting Kansas City, but like teams playing Sporting Kansas City, but like Phoenix Rising, I always go to them just because they are like my secondary team. But Phoenix Rising, it would it would be fun to see Phoenix Rising beat like some other team that's not Sporting Kansas City, St. Louis or, you know, whoever, LAFC. You know, I think rooting for an underdog is always a good story. And especially to, like Tulsa Athletic last year, a lot of people kind of jumped on the Tulsa Athletic bandwagon for some of those games so and would we have even known them had they not played i'd never heard of them prior to them playing sporting kansas city so i think there's just so much opportunity and i think back to didn't sacramento win a game like win one of the open cups before get like pretty far a few seasons they got to the finals in
0: 2022
1: yeah so like no that's what i meant go to the finals but like that's cool and how many of these newer mls teams made it i mean you said no one had won outside of mls since the 90s or whatever but like did st louis make it pretty far in those competitions did fc cincinnati like i mean there's no oh okay well never mind
0: well cincinnati did good last year yeah they they were They were almost all the way to the finals, I think, right? They lost to Miami in the semifinals. And then um, they, who was it in the finals? I can't remember now. (laughs) Uh, Houston, Houston won. They beat Miami in the finals last year. That's
1: right. Uh, The only time I rooted for Houston last year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I will say that (laughs) the the MLS came out and basically said, Don Garber, I should say, said that it had to do with schedule congestion, right? The schedule is too congested. So a lot of people are saying, well, why are we playing this Leagues Cup? I'm I'm probably in the minority that I'm not mad about the Leagues Cup. I enjoyed the Leagues Cup last year. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting seeing the Liga and Mackey's teams come into the United States and play. That Chivas crowd was wild at Children's Mercy Park. We missed it because we were overseas at the time. But just getting – even to see it online, you could see the energy and you see the videos getting posted. So – There's so much fun stuff about the Open Cup. It's like from the early 1900s. It's like 1904, 1914 or something like that, that this thing's been going on. And it was uninterrupted until COVID where there was two missed Open Cup seasons. So I'm very disappointed. I, I think some more logical changes could have been made. What I would have really liked to see is force the MLS teams to travel. To the lower division teams, when you play them, when they first enter into the competition, like some of the teams entered in round three in the past and some entered in round four, force them to go on the road. It'd be the most exciting game. Potentially in that franchise's history to get to host an MLS team and maybe upset an MLS team that might not send their stars and makes the the teams juggle their schedule. I don't think this is going to uncongest the schedule very much because some teams get eliminated in the first US Open Cup game. So you've just knocked one game off their schedule. And it's only up to, I think, like six games total if you advance all the way to the finals. So it's not like it's going to have a massive impact on dropping congestion because most teams, again, will be eliminated long before there. don't like it, not for it. Uh, the Independent Supporters Council, which is kind of over all the the and the South Stand, things like that, they all came out against it. Speaking of the Cauldron and the South Stand, they came out against this. Supporters groups around the country have. I don't know that pretty much anybody is happy with this. It's it's short sighted from Major League Soccer.
1: Could Don Garber go back and be like, ah, just kidding. We actually do want to do it after all. Or is this like set in stone for 2024?
0: I imagine exceptions could be made, but the deadline to apply was Friday and that's when they announced this. Uh So on the 15th, so that that is coming gone. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe like some teams will loan their whole team down to the second team and play him, you know, (laughs) who knows?
1: But it could come back for the 2025 season potentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm hoping they'll, they'll, you know kind of go back on this whole thing it seems ridiculous but it seems like we're at least in for one year of this and now no. you said you you like to root for the underdogs i love rooting for the underdogs now are the underdogs the mls next pro teams because the, the usl championship is the highest division that's in this so your phoenix risings you know and, and whatnot they're going to have their best chance ever of winning because they have you know these elite high spending teams not in the way anymore
1: yeah, it's weird. Also, maybe a good compromise is maybe they could do rotating years, like one year Open Cup, one year Leagues Cup, if, if the congestion thing is really the issue. Do you think that there was some sort of falling out? And the know. other they,
0: they thing- Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to answer Uh-oh. the question you asked. They, they, Don Garber talked about the MLS teams need or MLS needed to elevate the Open Cup. So I think it's ironic that he said they needed to elevate it. And then a week later, he took all his teams out of it, which I feel like lowers the profile of it a little bit, right? Messi won't be in it. Alan Polito won't be in it. Like guys like that are not going to play.
1: Yeah, um, also have any of the team, like MLS teams come out and given their thoughts, like, cause you said the supporter sections and have come out, have any of the MLS teams come out and said like, we're against this or do you think they're in favor of it?
0: Not that I've seen, but MLS is a single entity, meaning like the league is kind of in control of everything and they're in control of all the contracts and everything. So it seems like, you know, sporting directors, coaches, they don't typically come out and talk about stuff without risk of getting fined, like when you talk about referees and things. So I don't know if there's any risk of that in this situation, but I imagine they won't speak out publicly on it. But maybe you never know. We'll see. We'll get a chance to talk to Peter and people at some point and get their thoughts.
1: That's dumb. It, I feel like it, one thing I hate about sports is that like you have to be so PC because you might get fined like I don't know that's really annoying
0: yeah I agree your boy Patrick Mahomes got a pretty big fine I hear the other day I
1: know uh Andy Reid also hey yeah, here's I, my I everyone
0: watch that play and uh yeah he was offside I don't know what we're talking about like it's a bummer it's a, the call is the call probably the play should just be whistled dead why isn't that the rule I don't know but It it is what it is.
1: Well, everyone get your shot glasses ready because here's my Taylor Swift thing for the game for the episode. (laughs) Chad is like rolling his eyes at me, but I saw during the Chiefs game today, Travis Kelsey. I think he may have dropped. We were at Union Station, so we only saw the fourth quarter of the game, but I guess at some point during the game, Travis Kelsey maybe dropped a touchdown in the end zone or there was interference or something, and they panned to Taylor Swift, who was yelling the F word. And that just made me like her a little bit because not that I dislike her, but like I wouldn't say I'm a super fan, but I just, she feels so PC to me. So to know that she cusses like the rest of us when a play is wrong or not called just made me a little happy. All right.
0: That seems like a good transition (laughs) moment. Let's switch over and talk about these MLS rule changes. I don't know how to possibly move on from that subject. So I will say nothing -hmm. nothing huge is coming out of here, particularly around the budget rules. There's no fourth designated player coming. We talked about the rumors of the third designated player having its restrictions removed from it. That didn't happen. Um, I read a really good article in The Athletic about – uh, the I can't even think of what it's called, the Product Strategy Committee, something like that. And uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more on that. But Illig, uh, for, the, for Sporting KC, Mike Illig, the son of the owner, so I guess he's kind of the owner too. I don't know exactly how that works. Um, he was, he's on this committee, and he's described as a conservative member of the committee. And they're saying that the conservative members are the ones that holding the league back on spending, Back in the day, it made sense. MLS didn't want to go bankrupt. like They almost folded as a league anyways. They were struggling so hard in some of their early years. But now every single owner, I think, is a billionaire. So I don't imagine they're going to run out of money. They might just run out of patience to pay that money. I'm, I'm nervous that they haven't done enough to change the rules. But as far as uh, budget rules, almost nothing. There's this thing called the discovery rule, which you can, quote, discover seven players now you can only discover five to give you an idea Messi was discovered by miami it's just you put a name on a list so that no other team can bid against you it's kind of you know trying to keep costs down essentially um The one change is that designated players that are really TAM players, targeted allocation money players, can earn allocation money on a player sale abroad. It's really nerdy roster rule. Essentially, just gives you some more money to play with in terms of buying down your roster when you sell one of your DPs that's not really a DP, but it's a TAM guy like Eric Tommy. And then they pushed the green card deadline back, which is something we talked about in terms of uh, the secondary transfer window. You just have to get it done before then. So... They have time to get those green cards. I know you don't care about those rules, Sheena, so I'm just going to keep rolling into the rules you might care about. Okay, okay MLS is adopting a version of the MLS Next Pro uh, on-field treatment rule. I don't know if you're familiar with this rule, but if you're down for 15 seconds in MLS Next Pro, you have to come off the field for three minutes. MLS is changing it a little bit. It's going to be two minutes. So if you're down and you're flopping around and you're not really hurt, then you're hurting your team because you're going to end up being off the field for two minutes now. Uh, Now, there are exceptions to that rule. If there is a head injury, if it's a goalkeeper injury, uh, some sort of serious medical issue that was a vague thing they put in there, and then fouls resulting in yellow or red cards. So if you do legitimately get fouled hard enough to earn a card and you have to stay down, you're not subject to that two minutes. However, what sucks is imagine you get fouled hard and the ref decides to give a warning. If you stay down for more than 15 seconds, that's cut. You're punishing the team that got fouled hard. So, cause now you're playing down a man. It's just two minutes, but still, what if you give up a goal during that two minutes, it's going to be kind of gross.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. I, I have a mixed feelings on this. I, there's a part of me that likes this because I hate time-wasting when it's not my team doing it, so I think it'll keep games more competitive, though, where towards the end of games, whoever's winning, there's sometimes, depending on the team, a lot of flopping and a lot of time-wasting, so at least the flopping will go away, and so I... I think overall, it'll be a good thing. It'll keep people engaged, I think, because I think back to some of the games from towards the end of the season where there was so many quote unquote injuries. And it it really takes you out of the game sometimes when they're happening back to back because the teams are just time wasting. So I'm I'm not against this. But like you said, the yellows, uh, what should be a yellow and it's instead a warning and now you've lost a player for two minutes. Two minutes, a lot can happen. So that is a little nerve wracking at the same time.
0: Yeah, I can say I've been watching this rule. I think it's been in place for the last two years in MLS Next Pro. I could be misremembering, but it's worked pretty well over there because guys that went down that were maybe would have sold the injury for a little longer get up. They kind of limp a little bit and then they go on playing, so they don't lay around for a while. So that's been a win. But there does have the potential for it to go wrong. What I've noticed happens in MLS Next Pro a lot is when a guy goes down and maybe he would have, if he would have stayed down for 15 seconds instead of being off the field for the what their rule is three. minutes, minutes over there they'll just make a sub sub that player out so they can get another player in right away so maybe it'll encourage some more subbing of guys that are having trouble playing through something versus risking being down a man for a couple minutes i i can see some malicious stuff happening or the refs that quote let them play will be punishing the teams that like sporting essentially that don't foul a lot and that receive a lot of fouls so that could be a negative for sporting but i think on the whole it'll be better for the game because it'll get rid of that nasty dark art time wasting nonsense at the end of the games at least that part of time wasting
1: i had a question you said that one of the things do so the reps get to decide what is considered like time wasting or like faking an injury because like
0: i'm yeah there's something to... in there for serious medical issues which i don't think would come into play unless it's like one of those rare health things that happens on the field uh, but otherwise, head injury would be the only other exception besides the cards that would come into play. Goalkeepers, I think that's always been a rule, right? You don't, you wouldn't yeah. do anything. The goalkeeper has to be out there. It can't be without a goalkeeper for two minutes. That'd be insane. Uh, can you even imagine. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, the refs have some control in terms of the cards they do or don't hand out.
1: Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out.
0: Yeah, and you said maybe it'll get rid of flopping. I think flopping will still happen because flopping is encouraged, right? If you go down and you draw a foul, you get a free kick for your team, but they'll have to get up from that flop faster if they don't want to be off the field for two minutes. So at least part of the bad part the rolling around and wasting a bunch of time which you know i feel like soccer gets made fun of because of that nonsense as it should it is nonsense that it should be dealt with it it exists in other sports the nba people flop all the time trying to sell fouls and whatnot so you know it's a chance to to do some rule changes speaking of rule changes there's another one that i think is going to be a good one it's called the time substitution rule if a player fails to exit the field within 10 seconds heading towards the nearest sideline or end line, the next player that's subbing on for them has to wait a minute to come into the game. So you play down a man for a minute or multiple men, I guess if multiple players don't get off the field in time, that could be interesting. Thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, that would be interesting to see. It's another one I think overall it'll have a positive impact except for when Sporting's winning and we want that slowness to occur and we won't have that, but I mean, I I don't think Players are going to be super slow and run the risk of being down a man, especially what if you already had somebody who like you're already down a man because somebody got like a red card or something that would be potentially catastrophic if then you're making a sub. And they don't get yeah, off. That's when so... all the
0: time wasting happens, right? Because they'll be yeah. down a man and trying to hold hold a lead or something that they might have picked up a yeah. the right card, and they'll take forever to sell, or they'll lay down and sell injuries. So I think overall these will mostly be positive, although we're going to have instances of uh, it not working out fairly for one of the teams, probably. But I think it'll the the good will far outweigh the bad.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, let's. Are they talk- gonna? Wait, hold on. Are they going to implement something about the goalies and their time wasting? Because that should be looked at, even though, again, it benefits a team when they're winning, but it's also real annoying.
0: So there's elements of goalkeeping, time wasting that are completely legal. The things like where the ball comes back to them really slowly and they just wait to pick it up until somebody comes and pressures them like that's completely legal. And there's really no way to get rid of that. I guess you could make a rule that they have to pick it up with a certain amount of time of making contact with the ball or yeah. something like that. I don't know. But uh, that, I don't think that's going away. The one that is going to drive us all crazy is taking forever on goal kicks, right? melia has been an yeah. offender. He does it sometimes when they're ahead. Obviously other teams do it. The ref, it's just up to the ref to enforce it. You know, warn them, give them a yellow for time wasting, give them a second yellow, red card them if they won't, if they won't kick the ball into play. So, I, but no, no rule changes around that.
1: Mm, okay.
0: All right. So there's a couple more. Um, this is a good one, but this is pending IFAB, which is like the rules board for international football. Uh, in-stadium VAR announcements by the referee. So they'll come back. Remember, like, at the Women's World Cup, I think they did this, where the referee would come back and yeah. announce what happened. So when you're in the stadium, sometimes it's hard to know what's happening. You'll see it up on the video board, like, review possible handball, and then you just have to interpret the ref's point, like they point or they wave something off or whatever, and then that's how you have to get it. Now, if, they, if this is allowed, they'll be able to just come over the loudspeaker and, and talk to us, tell us what's up.
1: Yeah, I like that. I also would like a clock for stoppage time to be playing. Oh my gosh, Sheena. so we
0: don't—that's another rule that, that they just them? put in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like a, clearly you read the rundown. Um, stoppage time no. clocks are now required <laughs> in the stadium. So oh, yes, the clock goodness. will keep running past forty-five oh. and past ninety. So at halftime it at the end of the game, and I guess at you know the extra time as well when that comes into play, like in a knockout competition, like a tournament or whatever. So yeah not the open cup obviously since that won't be happening but yeah no more stopwatch i would always pull out my phone and run a stopwatch so i could keep with time of the figure out the time now i can just look at the the stadium board it's going to be great
1: and it never made sense to me why the clock just stopped even though the game was still going like i didn't understand why that was ever a thing to begin with
0: I agree, and the crowd gets antsy because they think the game should be over. And I'll be looking at my stopwatch, going, "Actually, just at least two minutes left, y'all. You're losing your minds, but it's not over. <laughs> There's more time to be played, so we can take that confusion out of there." I think that's a great all yeah. those last three rules, all great. Um, the next one here is called "Return to Play Equity." So, if we have simultaneous head injuries, think of the situations where they both try to head the ball and they collide head to head or something like that, uh, and a player on both teams pick up a head injury, then neither player can come back on until the other player is ready so treatment has to finish for both of them before they can return to the field so you don't get a man advantage because you know the other guy's still dealing with his head injury on the sideline i suppose that Mm -hmm. has an area for being abused potentially right like if one of our really good players collides with one of their bad players that player could just stay off the field longer to stop our player from coming back i always go to the ways Uh, to cheat but if you ain't cheating you ain't trying isn't that the expression i don't know so that's the last rule change i don't know any you you feel okay about that one thoughts on that one are you ready to move on
1: i'm ready to move on
0: All right, let's switch gears entirely and go to the Kansas City Current. So I'm looking at the clock. We're just going to go long. I have time. Uh, I'll I'll tell you all, this is a middle of the podcast time, a weird time to say this. Uh, We're going to take next week off. What? Our first week off ever since New Zealand when we were at the Women's World Cup? Uh, But... It's Christmas Eve next Sunday. That feels like a weird day to record a podcast. And Sheena says that for the Glory of KC can't be my whole life, even though I swear I don't spend too much time on it every week. But we're gonna we're gonna take a week off. So we'll give you an extra long one this week because you have two weeks to listen to it. So there you go. All right, let's talk about the Kansas City Current. And this is it, ex- wait.
1: Chad, okay. this is this is to your dismay that I am making you take Christmas Eve off because you would totally record if I was down with it.
0: I mean, we'd have to do it earlier. We have some Christmas Eve festivities. We have a December 23rd party we're going to. We have a lot happening next weekend. So it makes sense that we would not do a podcast. That said, all my family will be here. I could do like a nepotism-based podcast where I have Corey on, and anybody nobody else knows about supporting Casey other than my little brother. But oh, yeah, I mean, um, if
1: you and Corey want to record, by all means, go for it. But I will not be partaking,
0: okay? okay no promises right now. Well, the plan is no podcast, but we'll see what happens this week. Maybe something world breaking will happen. Our next designated player will be signed. What's funny is. If that were to happen and Sporting were to go out and spend like $10 million to sign a player, then I guarantee you she would be like, emergency pod? You want to do an emergency pod? <laughs>
1: so.
0: If it's All in right. the
1: week, that's that's one thing. Chad was thinking we needed to do one because the MLS schedule was coming out. And that's like my Christmas and I'm excited about it. but. I was telling him nobody who listens to the podcast is going to care where I'm coming up, like what trips I'm going to plan based on the schedule. Nobody cares. I think you're wrong.
0: I think that there are hundreds and hundreds of people that listen to this podcast every (laughs) week that some of them probably care. They'd probably be interested in it. Maybe they'd want to go, you know what? We're going to make that road trip too. We should meet up while we're there. Blah, blah, blah. I can see that happening, Sheena. Okay. You're not giving yourself enough credit. Okay. 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 So Casey Current, we are officially changing gears here. (laughs) The expansion draft has come and gone, but before that expansion draft could happen, The current did what I said they absolutely had to do is they had to avoid getting drafted, like getting players drafted off their team because of this whole nonsense with the rules. So they made another trade. They made a trade with the Utah Royals. And this one's going to hurt a little bit. They traded away Kate Del Fava, who played every single match last season. And the fourth overall pick in the NWSL college draft that's coming up here soon in, to Utah in exchange for protection and expansion draft, as well as $75,000 in allocation money. So they've gotten, what is it, $250,000 in allocation money over these two trades and protection, but they lost Loeta, who I'd argue is like literally one of the top two or three players on the team. They lost Kate Fava, who was not a superstar, but she is a. Contributor. She is steady. She is out there all the time. And then lost the fourth overall pick, which probably, if not a starter this year, is going to be a future starter. So, what they were trying to do is avoid losing three players, and they lost three players, but they got back 250K in allocation money. Sheena, thoughts on Del Fava being gone, the way uh, Cami managed these trades? What, What are you thinking about all this?
1: I don't love it. I i I don't like the way NWSL does their expansion stuff. It feels very unfair, and you brought up the point to me earlier this week that when Casey Current came back to Kansas City they didn't get an expansion draft. Granted, they weren't called Casey Corona. I don't remember what they were called. But... Casey
0: Woto for that first year.
1: Yeah. They so were the Utah yeah.
0: Royals actually, ironically. So the, the, the Royals coming back as an expansion team reamed them versus the current inherited, the Royals decimated roster. Cause if y'all will remember, there was like sexual harassment, and all kinds of nonsense going on in the front office over at Utah. And like their owner was forced to sell the team. It was a mess. And then they traded away a bunch of players and then we got the shell of their roster that was left I think from that roster all that's left on the team is Elizabeth Ball and Lola Bonta everybody else is gone
1: yeah so not a fan of it 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 sucks I don't get the allocation money stuff you don't need to explain it to me today but I I don't know I hope they do I, I don't know I don't have a lot of thoughts we're on that. we're not it very fired I'm up about not...
0: this but I, but I yeah. am fired up so let me keep going briefly okay, allocation going. money is just <laughs> this is for not you, Shina, but for the audience. Allocation money is just a way to fit more players into your salary cap. So you have a little extra money you can spend on top of your salary cap. Mm-hmm. So you could sign a Dabinia or something like that. So that's probably what they did last year when they made some of the trades that they made. Now, looking at the the rules... You said it seems unfair. It's absolutely unfair. You could only protect nine players, and then you're at risk of losing two. So that's two starters you're potentially losing, which they did lose. Loetta and uh, Del were both starters. So they lost starters anyways. At least they got some money back in return. What's crazy about this is the Athletic uh, – apparently I'm just reporting on the hard work of the, the staff at the Athletic over there. Uh, they had a story that came out before the draft basically saying that the committee that either wrote or reviewed the rules – I didn't quite understand – said they didn't even understand themselves that a team could trade for protection from one team and still lose two players to the other team. The rules do say that, or they don't forbid that versus they have forbid that in prior seasons so the league screwed up writing the rules bad they wrote them in favor of these expansion teams maybe because they're paying all this money but the kansas city current are building the first women's stadium in the world purpose-built women's stadium they built this amazing training center they developed a they put a bunch of money into the team and the league and they're they're the longs are on committees like trying to push this league forward right they're spending in a way that other places aren't and they absolutely got screwed. By NWSL here. I'm, I'm pretty bitter about it. I, I tweeted right before the Del Fava trade got announced that, hey, what's the current doing? They still need to trade for protection. They can't risk losing two more starters. I think they made, they overpaid to do these trades because They didn't want to have to put out a list showing who they weren't protecting. Think of all the hurt feelings in the locker room because there was going to be some star players that probably weren't getting protected. This team is really good considering they played really bad last year. I'm I'm chalking that some of that up to injuries, a lot of it up to injuries. The coaching change in the middle of the year or three games in was not great for this team. A lot of things going wrong. Vlatko, though. He's got a team still. They're still a strong team. I just hate how all this was handled. Oh, when I put my tweet out saying they need to trade for protection, Kate Del Fava's dad replied to my tweet. Did I tell you this? She didn't. And he said, Oh, they traded for protection. And I was like, did Kate get traded? I replied to him like immediately. And then the announcement came out like 30 minutes later. So I had a exclusive for a whole 30 minutes. Uh, I like put it in the slack. I was like, do do we know this? Is this known information? And then by the time everybody was like replying, going, I didn't know this, I didn't know this. And then boom, trade announced, you know, half hour later or whatever. So I'm upset. I think it's obvious. Any other thoughts about the expansion, wonder, the stupid, stupid expansion draft?
1: I wonder if her dad is bitter. That's why he said it to you. Like, maybe they really liked Casey. I mean, what's not to love about Kansas City, but
0: Agreed. I don't know. You know. Kate was a player that was on Utah before she was drafted by Utah. So there may have been an element of like having a comfortability going back there. And, you know, uh, the coach is Amy Rodriguez. She was a teammate of Del Fava's both in Utah and here. So, I don't know if it's good, bad, whatever. She did all the right things and put out the right statements and excited about coming home to Utah and thank Kansas City and her teammates and the city and everything. So she seems like a class act. If Here's the thing about this. I think Del Fava was slightly expendable on this roster. I know that might be a mean take because they did sign Hannah Glass last year. She didn't play. So you're forgiven if you don't know who she is. She had been had a knee surgery and was rehabbing from that knee surgery. And I don't know if she was ever fit to play. I know she was training before the end of the season, but she was kind of widely seen as one of the better right backs in the world. She's on the Swedish national team, a very good player, but we haven't seen that. We don't know if she'll be the same post knee surgery. So who knows? And... Can she stay healthy for an entire season? She's never played a minute for us. We, we don't really know. So they're going to need another right back now. Somebody's going to have to play right back. Maybe they'll bring back Addison Merrick. I always thought she was a more of a right back than a right center back.
1: Yeah, maybe they will. I was going to say that uh, Kate Delfop not going to the worst place. I used to travel to Salt Lake. It's a cool city. It's an underrated city, kind of like Kansas City. So. I was thinking, Chad, maybe we should start traveling to see an NWSL team every season as well as a sporting Kansas City team.
0: What would be ideal, because I was going to ask you later for your wishes on the schedule, this one just popped into my head, if the Utah Royals could host the KC Current. And RSL could host Sporting KC like near each other so we could watch both of those road games at the same time. That said, you're not allowed to speak nice about Real Salt Lake as a city solely because we hate them from MLS, just so you know.
1: No, no, that's not true. (laughs) I really enjoy traveling to Salt Lake. It's a really cool city. People assume it's like a Mormon thing, and it's quite opposite in downtown. So I will speak highly of Salt Lake City, the city not real salt lake not the utah royals also love real housewives of salt lake city so i I don't know but that would be cool nonsense (laughs) (laughs) but that would be cool if like an nwsl team and an mls team they could like line it all up for me that would be great i don't know that that will happen but that would be cool to just kill two birds with one stone
0: I don't know why you're murdering birds over here, but I agree with you. I think I'm that it would be nice them. to, yeah, stoning them to death. Isn't that like a biblical thing? So yeah. real quick, I agree with you in in principle, in the sense that it would be great to have the current and Sporting Kansas City play road trips that are like near each other, like within, you know, Wednesday, yeah. Saturday, that sort of thing uh, in yeah. one of these cities at the same time. That'd be great. It'd be amazing. Yep,
1: yeah, I agree.
0: Okay. So on to some happier KC Current news. There's been a couple of signings. Izzy Rodriguez has signed a new two-year contract. I'm a big Izzy fan. She took over as the starting left back, kind of pushing Haley Mace up to, I don't know what she was playing. Sometimes striker, sometimes winger. Sometimes she was floating around the midfield. She's a very talented offensive player without a position. So we'll hopefully Vladka will figure that out. But Izzy will be here now through 2025. I don't exactly know what was going on with this whole Izzy Rodriguez situation because I looked back in the first press release from when she initially signed after being drafted. Absolutely said she was signed through 2024. I suspect this was like some expansion draft shenanigans where they were trying to hide her off the roster to not have to protect her. And they announced it as soon as they traded for protection. Basically, they got protection and they're like, oh, yeah, we can announce this now. So Izzy's back and you're going to be in trouble. What's up? What do you got? Any thoughts on Izzy Rodriguez? You excited? Yes, no, maybe?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad she's coming back. That's exciting. I don't really have much else besides being excited.
0: Okay, we're both excited. Let's talk about the other exciting (laughs) news. The KC Current also signed eight well not quite 17 year old claire hutton she's based out of bethlehem new york Ooh, sounds biblical as well i'm mean, a lot of biblical references in here uh she turns 18 in january she's signed under the new nwsl u18 mechanism that actually fills up both of the spots because y'all will remember 15 year old alex pfeiffer was signed earlier in the off season quick aside i'm following alex on social media to see what's up with like you know her training and the pictures she posts her training is insane what's she's doing she looks like a star for a 15 year old kid it's kind of wild actually i think she's turned 16 by now but anyways i'm excited for alex i don't know very much about claire but she'll turn 18 before the season starts like we said in january so i don't know if she's really on the u18 thing past that point because they the, all the rules really just protect them while they're minors it's a three-year contract through 2026 like i said she comes from bethlehem new york she played for new york's world class fc who's in the ecnl That's the same league as Pfeiffer. She was actually committed to go to college at UNC but obviously she is going pro instead. A little background for you on Hutton. She's a midfielder. She debuted with the U.S. soccer U-17s that won the 2022 CONCACAF championship, so that's always nice. She scored six goals in that tournament, and she was the captain of the U-19s at the 2023 Pan Am Games. Uh, they got a bronze medal in that, but before you're like, oh, failure USA, way to only get the bronze medal, uh, they were playing their U-19s when most of the countries that were at that competition were playing like their full senior teams were involved. So or at least majority senior teams. So that's all my info on Claire. Sheena, did you do any research? Did you watch videos? What do you know about Claire? What can you tell us? Or how are you feeling? She Sheena's gritting her teeth. What research? <laughs> I'm the Did not do any
1: research. Yeah, I did not do any research. I already did two research for the sporting players, so maybe I can do more And by research on next... the
0: sporting players, do you mean you <laughs> read the article that the team released when they signed the players?
1: No, I actually didn't. Um, I read MLS and Next Pro for Vargas and the okay. other guy, Wikipedia. So I'm sure... I gave you factual information.
0: (laughs) That sounds good. Not sketchy or (laughs) dicey info at all. The other guy, (laughs) Zorhan, the song. You've already forgot Zorhan's name. It's true. I
1: already forgot his name. But anyways, did not have a chance to do any research on her. But I think I like seeing the younger players get signed. It's exciting. And I am i can't wait to see her and the 15-year-old girl. I already forgot her name in action. Alex Pfeiffer, I've said
0: her name multiple times. Yeah, Alex,
1: I know. Sorry. I got sidetracked. Amazon just went through our yard, and I'm just making sure the lady didn't trip on all our cords and stuff. So oh, yeah, there's a lot Anyways. of lights
0: out there. It's a, it's a hot <laughs> yeah. mess in our front yard. Our neighbors <laughs> either love it for all the lights and the color out there, or they hate it because it's like a little white trash, but I don't care.
1: Uh, our neighbor made the quote that she didn't realize she lived next to Clark Griswold, which I thought was hilarious. But, anyways, I think you should recreate some of the workouts that she does. Oh, there's soccer-based
0: workouts, right? Yeah, and then we could, workouts, them. Right. Yeah. Uh, geez- then we could have you ever them. seen this. Oh, my God. It would be an embarrassment because she has that I thing know, that goes hilarious. over the goal. Have you ever seen it where there's like – a, you can only shoot into the corners of the net. Like it's up in the upper right, the upper left, the bottom left, and the bottom right. And she just no. drills balls from a distance and like hits them in there. Now, obviously, I think she's probably missing some of them, but she only puts the ones where she makes it on her social media. But then she also posts these things where she runs on that treadmill that's like, like an ellipsis. Are you familiar with this treadmill that's like kind of curved? Do you know what I'm talking about, Sheena? shaking your head always good for podcasts so Sheena does not know and she looks like she's running so fast and i'm just i i am slow and old and out of shape i would fall on my face and when get thrown off the back of the treadmill into whatever was behind it just fly through the air although it's probably not strong enough to throw me through the air but you never know maybe
1: 2024 is going to be the year that you, A, start hanging and talking out with your friends more consistently and B, where you're in the best shape of your life. So use her as motivation.
0: Okay. So yeah, Sheena has set a new year's resolution for me, but she knows <laughs> I don't set resolutions that says you need to hang out with your friends more. And I just, I go, they're my friends. I don't have to like see them in person for them to be my friends because I don't make an effort. I'm, and If they want to come hang out, they can come hang out and watch soccer with me or do the things I want to do. <laughs> I'm a good friend. That's not a I'll friend. Like, yeah. How's that? Anyways. Not a well, when I was a kid, that's all we did. We'd go to each other's houses and play video games. What's different? Now I play video games and watch soccer and watch UFC. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, but I think we should move on. We're clearly way off the track. Take interest in what getting- your
1: friends or family. Yeah. Okay. They should be
0: interested in the things I'm interested in. I'm interested in awesome things. Okay, we teased it a few times. Let's talk oh about gosh. the schedule wishes. MLS is going to release their schedule on December 20th. That's this week. That may have happened by the time you're listening to this episode. And I told Sheena I wanted her to come up with some wishes in the vein of my wish last week. My wish was I want a Cascadia road trip where we get to go and see two road games between either Vancouver, Portland and Seattle or Sporting Play's Two of those three teams within a you know a few days span so we can knock them both out, see a couple of cities, have a good time. We made a bonus wish already in this podcast for a road MLS and NWSL game between the KC current and whatever team and sporting KC and whatever team in the same city. That would be amazing. Or Cascadia region. They've got some teams up there. We could do that. Sheena, what wishes did you come up with? I have a few more, by the way, but what what did you get?
1: Well, I think for spring break we've been talking about going to Nashville. So if in Sporting Kansas City could play Nashville, the specific week we're going to be there, that would be ideal. I had that, That's hilarious. and then I
0: wrote that same one that, down. Sheena, no. I, obviously, you don't read the rundown, so I know you didn't have to know no. that. <laughs> no, I, I could put anything on here, and Sheena would have no clue. She has access to the document, but doesn't look at it. So
1: I just kind of skim it, but I don't read the details. I just look at like. I saw we were going to talk about the wish list. Uh, so that's one thing I would like. I also like the idea of the Pacific Northwest dream. And I, I don't really know because I don't know where else I want to go. I just, ha- I really want to go to Canada this year. So if it could work out to where I go to Canada and I can see a game, that would be cool. I don't okay. know that we're going to Canada, but that's the dream.
0: Yeah. And it's limited chances, right? Because we know for sure that they'll have a road game against Vancouver because they always do. You you play both Western Conference opponents, home and away. But the other two Canadian teams, Montreal and Toronto, are in the (laughs) East and you don't consistently play those teams. So it's not a, why are you laughing? What did I do? Did I say the city's weird? What happened? No,
1: I just realized that when you said home and away, that's how that podcast got its name.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, my God.
1: I know. Oh my gosh. I know. Oh, I'm that casual well, of a fan. I don't know. You <laughs> are not
0: kidding. So <laughs> limited chances to go to those Canadian teams. Uh, what would be interesting yeah. for me is I. my other wish is to play some new Eastern Conference teams on the road. Oh. Like we've played Cincinnati on the road once, but Schedule wise, it didn't work out for us to get there. And it's kind of good that we didn't go because I don't know if you remember that game. It was a few years ago when we got to play Cincy on the road. And we played a bunch of backups because we had some other competition, maybe the US Open Cup going on where we were prioritizing that over it. And I remember specifically because Buzio scored, I think maybe his first goal ever for Sporting KC in that game. But I think they just tied. I think they didn't win. Or maybe they lost. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't remember. But I'm positive they didn't win. So I want a place we've never been. That would be nice. And there's yeah. obviously there's places in the Western Conference. Like we mentioned, we've never been to Vancouver. We've never been to Portland. We've, gosh, what, there's some other teams, I'm sure. Utah, we've Salt never Lake. been to Utah to see a game in Salt Lake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some road trips we haven't made because we've been to both LA teams, actually, multiple times because we used to live so close to LA. Uh, we've been to San Jose. We've been to uh, Colorado. We've been to, I'm trying to think, we haven't been to many of the Texas teams, just Dallas. So we could go to Houston or Austin. Yeah. Those would be fun ones. So we'll have to figure Austin something out. would be out. a my, good one.
1: Oh, go ahead.
0: My other wish is that Messi comes to Kansas city because I know if you're over it, whatever, but to a chance to see one of the best soccer players to ever live. Some would say the best. I have a B that'd be hard yeah. to pass up. That'd be pretty cool.
1: Uh, I agree with that. I would totally go to the game. I would pay decent money to say I saw Messi. I would want him to lose, obviously. Of course. I was just telling I was just telling Chad today that I have to get to the home opener for Casey Current and I'm gonna probably pay an arm and a leg to go, but I feel like that's an experience, the very first home game of the season for Casey Current. I feel similar to Messi that it would be a bummer for me messy to be here and to be in that culture and not get to go. So for the right team, just for the experience, I would pay good money for certain things, even though I don't care about messy.
0: And you just sold several hundred other people on going to that KC current game. So you just drove your ticket prices up even higher.
1: (laughs) I know if somebody has tickets and they can't go and they want to sell me their ticket at a reasonable price for the home opener, I'd really appreciate it. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm kicking myself well, you- for not I'm kicking myself for not just buying season tickets and then selling the tickets when I don't want to go to the games. I should have done it. I'm mad at myself. What a missed opportunity yeah, it- by me.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good transition point into the digital crawl, y'all, because Casey Current have sold out of season tickets. They have 11,500 tickets. 9,500 of them are season tickets, and they are gone. So there will be 2,000 single game tickets on sale, but you may or may not have access to them. Oh, I skipped over our question. I got to go back to that. Just kidding. We're not the digital crawl yet.
1: Hold on. Um... I was going to say, I got a Facebook ad that they're still taking season tickets, and I put in a request, and then after the fact, I realized it's for suites, so now I'm terrified somebody from Casey Curran is going to try to sell me suite tickets, which are starting at $350 a game for a suite. It feels a little out of our
0: budget, not going to lie to you. That feels a little egregious, so...
1: it does I want to get a new deck hopefully in 2024
0: so yeah which also feels a little <laughs> out of our budget but hey yeah so let's let's go backwards for a second before I officially go okay. into the digital crawl uh, we have a question a bonus mailbag question that I feel bad Matthew Shepard at Shep for Liberty asked us last week on Twitter and I missed it because it came in in response to a different question and it made sense where he put it I just didn't look there so my fault Matthew many apologies he asked us to Questions. He said, if we wanted a serious question, but I'm going to just take the light one. I think this is a good one. It said, How did each of you get interested in sporting KC? And what's your favorite memory of sporting Kansas City? So, Sheena, I'll I'll go first. I'll give you a little further backstory here. I can remember. Oh, you want to go first? You were trying to stop me? You go first.
1: Okay. No, you can go first. I was just wondering if Matthew lives in liberty or if he's for liberty and like the pursuit of happiness. I just was just curious on that. Oh
0: yeah. Shep for Liberty. Okay. I get it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I definitely didn't need to interrupt you for that. Sorry. Yeah.
0: That's why I'm (laughs) glad you were waving and stopping my talking for that. (laughs) So to give you all some backstory, I went to a Kansas City Wizards game, not at Arrowhead or Community America Ballpark or wherever the many places they played because I did not live in Kansas City. I'm not from Kansas City. I'm from Sedalia. And they came and played in. I don't know, it must have been like an exhibition or something like I, I don't remember it very well. But I remember, like, I love soccer, I grew up playing soccer. And my brother and I got to go to it. And it was like that first cool experience. But then we tried to get into it. And it was like hard to watch the Wizards on TV. And I don't know, maybe it's just we didn't have those channels or we were poor or was it streamed on the internet? I don't know. I was young, so it's hard to know for sure as a teenager and the internet was in its infancy. So I don't really know in terms of, uh, was there streaming? How, was, how were the games available back then? But I didn't find that. And I kind of lost touch with Sporting Kansas City and the Wizards for a long time. And then what got me back into it is every time I would watch the World Cup, I would say, Why am I only watching soccer once every four years? Why am I not watching this other soccer? And I got hardcore. This is going to like throw me under the bus a little bit. Hardcore back into Sporting KC in 2014, right after they won MLS Cup. So it's all my fault, y'all i've cursed them they haven't won a mls cup since i've been paying attention and watching every single game but i have not missed a game since 2014 i've been hardcore into it and you know got into writing and all the things that came with it so that's my my interest part i'll do my memory here in a bit but do you have a story sheena you'd like to tell about what got you interested was it me did i get you interested
1: I I've shared this story on the podcast, like maybe a few weeks ago, that my interest in it, I did not grow up watching soccer, my brother played, but I never played. And so soccer wasn't something I grew up with. I grew up with football, I was a diehard football fan. And so what got me into watching soccer was the World Cup in 2014. Uh, just because my boss really liked it. And if we went and watched it, we didn't have to work. So I was all for that. So that was where my interest in soccer peaked. And it was really fun. And I think there's also something like the Olympics is like equivalent to this, where it's like, everyone is like, yeah, Team USA. And there's that camaraderie. And I liked that feeling. And then you also were really into the World Cup. And then we found out um, I don't know at what point you started watching Sporting Kansas City, but we discovered that they do preseason. At that time, it was down in Tucson exclusively, and that next uh, preseason in 2015 we went for the first time to preseason. And seeing it in person, it was just such a fun experience. And it wasn't even like an actual game. It was just like a preseason game. But it was so fun. And the access that you have to the players and everything just really made me a fan. And then I think in terms of Sporting Kansas City, the the game that stands out the most to me that we've been to was the very first one we went to uh, see Sporting Kansas City at Children's Mercy Park. And it was just a really memorable experience. It was fun. It was unlike any other sporting event I had been too, in terms of everybody was chanting, everyone was into the game and cheering. And I will say I've lived in fair weather, like fan states, I grew up in San Diego. And then we lived in Arizona, and we had Phoenix Rising season tickets. And the the experience at Phoenix Rising was fun, but nothing like sporting Kansas City. And then our football teams, people only watched them when they were doing good. So this was like a, the first experience where everybody was rooting for For sporting Kansas City, you didn't really have a lot of fans for the opposing team there. And I think that just creates a unique experience that got me really excited. And I would say that my love for the sport has grown since we moved here because we're going to more games Chad's even more hardcore about it. He goes to all the home games as a media. So much so, I don't even know how we haven't mentioned the fact that I started making earrings like because I was looking for jewelry and apparel and stuff. And I made Sporting Kansas City and Casey Current jewelry. I'm wearing Chiefs earrings right now. So I... I think it's just really fun. I love how everyone rallies behind Sporting Kansas City, more so when they're doing good. But still, it's just a really fun experience. And that's what got me into it.
0: Fair enough. Now I have a question for you. You said it's a very memorable experience. Now we lived in Phoenix at the time, but we were traveling back here probably to see family, take a vacation, whatever it was. Do you remember what team Sporting played when we came to town?
1: Oh, I don't know. Colorado?
0: Ah, yeah, it was Colorado. Okay, Miss, it was very oh, memorable. Okay. You remembered the stadium. I'm glad you got well, the team I remembered
1: the experience. I <laughs> okay. actually think in that game, was there an own goal? Like, did Sporting have an oh, own goal in that game?
0: Maybe. I don't remember. That maybe may Zeus, been, did Zeus I, put it in his own net.
1: I don't think it was Zusi. I don't really remember. But I think that was the first time I had ever heard of an own goal was at that game. I didn't, like I said, I didn't grow up with soccer. So I didn't really know much about it. And I do remember there was an own goal at that game. And I was like, what is happening? And it was Sporting who had the own goal.
0: I'm wondering if that Graham Zusi own goal I'm remembering was in the Seattle road game that we went to that one year. I feel like he had an own goal at one of the games we went to, and we're like, "God, we are just terrible!" Like, what is the deal? <laughs> so,
1: our well, and our track record going to away games not great. Like, they don't win a lot when we're there.
0: Yeah, we're cursed. So, apologies to everybody that you know yeah. we're we're bringing the team oh. down.
1: I wonder if this is going to be your favorite memory. Is the first time we saw LAFC?
0: This is not my favorite memory, but that's a fun one. You should say that. By the way, I just googled that it. it was against Seattle that Zusi had the own goal, so I was right on that. I was confused. It wasn't Colorado, so I guess I was wrong before I was right.
1: Oh, who Do you was want to the give game LAFC against? Is your you favorite it. memory?
0: Oh, Seattle. Well, I said the, the very
1: goal. first game, but yeah, I'll. Yeah, I'll tell the LAFC story real quick. So we road tripped from Phoenix to see LAFC there, uh, their first season playing against um, Sporting Kansas City. And our daughter, I think we've mentioned, she's not a huge, she loves playing soccer, doesn't love watching it. So usually when she goes to games, she brings her iPad. And so we had her iPad in tow and they didn't allow electronics into the game. So
0: It wasn't even an iPad, it was like an Apple fire thing or the Amazon fire thing. It was before we even hit her to an iPad, yeah, that little pink fire thing.
1: Yeah, that's right. So she had an Amazon fire, but they wouldn't let us bring it in. So Chad had to truck it back to the car and and our daughter's just crying. She was like probably six at the time and just crying because that means now she has to watch the game. And I'm like trying to console her. <laughs> and I think right before Chad came back, somebody like who was working the security gate came up and he's like, we have something for you. I don't know if you would want it. And he hands us a ball and it's a soccer ball with all the players from sporting Kansas city. I think it was from the season before or maybe like preseason. I don't know. Cause there was some players signatures on there that weren't still on the team. But yeah, just to, so she got a soccer ball with signatures that's in Chad's office, and it was just like this really random thing. But I think they felt really bad, and maybe they had been searching for somebody to give it to, and so we were the lucky recipient. But the environment in LAFC Stadium is crazy. It was a really fun game, and so I like that memory a lot as well.
0: And supporting one, which makes it even better. And they, they won. Were the first team yeah, to beat LAFC in their stadium, and we were there. We've been back in and and San too. Just to be fair.
1: <laughs> and I think Will Ferrell was there, and like a bird landed on him or something.
0: Yeah, the falcon thing that they do. I think it's a falcon to start the games. He flew around and landed on Will Ferrell's arm. What a what a cool owner! Can we get yeah. Patrick Mahomes to do something cool or like Paul? Rudd? I, know. I don't know if Paul Rudd's not an owner. I don't think, but like, let's give him like a tiny stake in the they, team. The right, so needs a can, hype man. Yeah, Paul Rudd. It's fun times. That's a Kansas City guy, right? Rob Riggles, your Eric Stone (laughs) Street, somebody like that. Yeah, as you were starting to tell, I knew where the story was going and I was just like looking at the ball here in my office because it's in here where I'm recording. (laughs) So that's a good memory. I like that one. I'm going to tell you my favorite memory is one where I left everybody out of it. It's just a me memory. I. Flew to Kansas City on a Tuesday to watch the 2017 U.S. Open Cup final against the New York Red Bulls on a Wednesday. I stayed at my cousin's house. I like flew in, went to his house, hung out, saw a couple people. I went and saw people. I went and did things. Sheena, I, I hang out with people sometimes, and then went to this game. Set alone. Well, I mean, I wasn't alone. The stadium was full. It was packed. Uh, we, Wednesday game. They win, of course, right? Shallowy, and I think Latif Blessing scored in that game, if I remember right. And they put the the. I was on about the midline, like because you, you when you're buying one ticket, you know, you can get like a pretty good spot. So I'm like right about the middle of the field. I have this freeze frame of like bradley wright phillips for the red bulls on camera and then you can see me in the background like a few rows up and i'm like i'm on tv and then i flew back out the next day but i went into the cauldron after the game and i got probably like two feet away from that trophy i was like wanting to touch it as they were passing it around in the crowd and i just like barely missed and i've had chances to go pose with the trophy and stuff since then but something about getting to Get your hands on it with, right after they lifted the cup and whatnot. Still an amazing memory. Uh, so got to see them win a trophy, which was really awesome. And uh, that just brings me back to how sad I am that they're not in the U.S. Open Cup this year. They were, you know, pretty good. They're a consistent Open Cup team. They play, play well in it. So dang it. wait for my happy memory dang. to bring me down a little bit. All right, you ready to do the visual crawl?
1: Wait, hold on. One last thing. That same trip is when I had a scorpion in our garage and I <laughs> Was scared to kill it. It's probably a story for another time. I don't even know that anyone cares about my scorpion story, but it's a ridiculous story. But yeah, let's go crawling with the digital crawl. This is getting long. Yeah, well,
0: It's really long. I told you we're just ignoring the (laughs) clock. We're giving two episodes in one week is what we're doing. And if people don't listen, they don't listen. It is what it is. Listen as long as you do. Tell us if you made it to the end. So digital crawl, the first item in the crawl, I went to a U19 sporting KC game. Finally, I froze my butt off on Saturday. They played over at Swope. I was me and the players parents basically no one else was there uh, and friends and family i saw some like kids and things like that but the u19s of course i showed up and to continue my trend i cursed them because they lost 2-1 to indio denver fc uh denver had not lost a game all season so it kind of made sense they'd scored something like 79 goals coming into this game Supporting were the better team but they scored a free kick goal, and then they scored just kind of a counter attack goal right at the death, right before extra time started. Yeah, ended up losing, but it was a it was a good experience to get to see the U19s uh, and the UPSL, which is what the U19s play, and they're playing against adults. Like this other team was adults, so there's something to be said for. You're not just playing kids. There's some kids on the team, of course, too, but they're they're a young team. They had a lot of players playing up from the U-17s on this team. Uh, it was good to see them, and I hope to get out to more games. But, of course, I've ruined it, and they will have no more games this season. Uh, the Kansas City Current. We mentioned already they sold out of season tickets, but a couple other things. Uh, Kristen Hamilton and Elizabeth Ball, I saw on their social media, they're both now realtors. I showed this to Sheena the other day, and I was like, what is happening? Are they still on the team? What's going on? why are they in realty? Does the NWSL not pay them enough? (laughs) So I don't know what's going on. But if you need a house, uh, hit up Elizabeth Ball, Christian Hamilton. That'd be kind of fun, right? If you like a case of current player helps. To, you know, transact your house currency move thing, this big life thing you have going on. You got some new realtors to help you out. Uh, also, speaking of the current former coach, Matt Potter, is now the technical director at Bay FC. So he's landed on his feet after uh, missing most of last year. In other KC soccer news, the Kansas City Comets are now 4-0. and Go Comets. Sheena, we got to watch a game this year. We haven't watched any games yet.
1: I know. We need to go to one. I want to go to one. They're doing really good, too. I follow them on Twitter, X, whatever.
0: I literally just said they're 4-0. and oh. Yeah, they're I doing know. great. I
1: know. I know. Sorry. <laughs> They are doing great.
0: (laughs) All right. A few other things here. Uh, Italian center back, Giorgio Chiellini, Chiellini, I think Chiellini is how he pronounces it, for LAFC. He retired. You might recognize him as the man who looks like he's about 70, but he's like 38. So he's retired from play, uh, kind of a legend in Italian football. He's a very, very good player. And won one MLS Cup with LAFC, almost won a second one. You know, they were there until the very end. Uh, Speaking of LAFC, there is a little bit of a competition. Going to go on. You all may have heard of it. CONCACAF. It used to be called the Champions League, but now it's called the CO- CONCACAF Champions Cup. LAFC has not qualified because of that loss. Ooh, sad face. So I wanted to run down the teams that are going to be in there because I didn't realize how many more teams were getting in. I knew they were expanding the competition, but I guess I didn't realize how much. So we're going to get in there the Philadelphia Union because they're the The Leagues, that's not right. Oh, this is Inter-Miami. Man, I cannot read my own writing here. This is terrible. Uh, (laughs) Inter-Miami, because they won Leagues Cup. The Columbus Crew, because they won MLS Cup. Uh, Vancouver, because they won the Canadian Championship. The Dynamo, because they won the U.S. Open Cup. Nashville gets in as the Leagues Cup runners-up. And then third place, Philadelphia Union, there they are. Uh, league play, Leagues Cup third place finisher gets in. The Supporters Shield winning FC Cincinnati. Ooh, St. Louis gets to play in this as the Western Conference regular season champion. And then the next two just had the best record that didn't make it for one of these other mechanisms, Orlando City and the New England Revolution. So those nine teams, 10 teams, nine teams, 10 teams, that was 10. uh, They are going to have a little bit of a tougher path next year because they're going to play some extra games. They're going to have some schedule congestion. Where I was going with that is LAFC played a record number of games this past year. So Leagues Cup, uh, Champions Cup, all these different things, there's still going to be a lot of games, even if there's no U.S. Open Cup. So, anyways, Don Garber made another move this week. Sheena, did you hear this? They reinstated Bruce Arena. He can now coach again. I he did. was gone for like a few weeks. We still don't really know what he did or said. It was so bad he had to go on. Permanent hiatus until he applied for reinstatement and apparently was let right back in. There's a rumor he's in the running for the DC United job, which is where he used to coach and he won titles with them before. So I did hear about it. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe it wasn't as bad as it seemed, but why would you suspend Uh him in the first place? I don't know.
1: Why wouldn't you come out and say, like, that's the thing I don't understand is if it wasn't that bad that you can get reinstated, you they should just come out and say what it was. And if it was that, if they can't say it, then to me, that's so bad and you shouldn't be reinstated. I feel like there's just going to always be this question mark that looms over him of like, did he do something wrong? Is he an okay guy? I just want somebody to say something. I don't like this roller coaster of not knowing If it was bad enough to be that you couldn't, you had to be reinstated that you got kicked out of the league, it had to be bad. And if there was a mistake, like what if he was cleared of all wrongdoing and I feel like he deserves a a public apology? I don't know. I have a real issue with this because I don't feel, I just feel like there's a lot that's unknown. And I just want to know what's up, like what happened and why is it okay that he got reinstated? I probably care way too much about this.
0: Yeah, it's weird I know too, though. I feel like it's got to come out. If a team hires him, there's no way you can avoid having a conversation about this guy was just kicked out of the league last year. How's he back in? Because I remember when he was kicked out, I said, well, he's in his seventies. Like he'll probably never coach again. And here, here he is possibly back in the league a year later. So not even a year later, months later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. All I right. don't like it
0: coming schedule for you all uh we're still just kind of focusing on the off-season schedule there's the possibility of a quiet week ahead there are a couple of things happening the mls super draft is on december 19th we already talked about the schedule itself is going to come out on the 20th and then re-entry draft stage two is on thursday the 21st if you're wondering like what the heck does that mean i wrote an article about it it's complicated mls Eh. what what are you gonna do kc soccer journal go check it out but sporting kc they picked 22nd in the super draft for college players likely not going to get anybody that we see on the first team especially with them burning through roster spots as we are filling up pretty quickly likely that person ends up on the twos and then who knows if the second and third round picks even make the skc 2 we'll see but if you have made it this far, we definitely broke a record in terms of how long we went. <laughs> this is a, a double episode. You have two weeks to listen to it, probably, maybe. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but if you aren't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can find when the next one does come out. Tell all your Kansas City soccer friends, come engage with us. Come have conversations with us. You can do that by going on social media at KC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, threads. You can email us, ForTheGloryKC at gmail.com. And here's Splitter Conspiracy and it, the KC called to play us out take care everybody
1: happy holidays
0: Merry Christmas happy holidays take care y'all